Keep Beach City Quarantined, a chill appreciation fan cast for Steven Universe. Hello to all of our listeners, both here and in the recording booth, as we come to you through Facebook Live. Through the miracle of technology, we can talk to anyone in the universe. Technology. (laughs) If you would like to be a part of the recording, you can join us Tuesdays at 5 o'clock on our Married to the Idea podcast page on Facebook. Join in the live stream. Have your questions and comments today. Aaron, how are you doing today? (sighs) Ask me tomorrow. (laughs) Aaron rolled in. With three bags of groceries, two pizzas, and a partridge in a pear tree, dropped everything off and said, let's go upstairs and record stat. And I appreciate your dedication to the fan cast. I uh, love everyone out there and uh, want to be able to have um, a loud thundering sound. Uh, (laughs) To have um, this. I love doing this and love talking with my beautiful wife, uh, who is slightly out of frame. Um, <laughs> Could I lean in closer? I think hey, so. You, mo- you moved the camera. That's what it was when you changed from Wi-Fi to non-Wi-Fi. That's why I'm a little bit out of frame. So people will just have to remember that I am here. Yeah, moving. Sl- if the audio wasn't helpful enough. Yeah, so we apologize. That we're a little amateuristic today. Here, but... Aaron, take over while I adjust the video. Okay. Well, uh, this is Keep Beach City Quarantine, a uh, offshoot of Married to the Idea. Um, we are going through about 10 episodes each of, uh, Steven Universe, uh, starting with episode one and working our way through, um, this week's episode is 31 through 40, and, um, we have, uh, been doing this weekly, um, since the quarantine has started, um, and we are going to keep going uh, for as long as... The episodes hold out. Yeah. We uh, started <laughs> this originally uh, because we had watched Steven Universe um, up until about season two, maybe season three. Maybe we'll the s- beginning of season three, but uh, we ran out of episodes that were streaming. And so we just yeah. literally forgot that it was there until pretty much the quarantine. When we're like, oh, there's a movie? Oh, it's over? Oh, we missed it? But... You know, it's the year, it's the age of the internet. You can't really miss anything. You just come to it later. So we're going back, back to the beginning. And while we have a a few little insights about where things are going, we're kind of in the dark for most of it. So this is a chance to restart, go back and look at all the things that we didn't catch the first time, things we appreciate even more now, and the little surprises we find along the way. Yeah, um, we're uh, excited because, especially this time around, we have been uh, seeing a lot of little hints, some that were so subtle that we did not catch the first time. So subtle. Um, these are uh, incredibly just lovely peppered, lovely peppered in. It's it's adorable how cute the show is, but just how amazing, how w- well written uh, with future things in there. And I mean, like there are things we don't know about right now either. Well, I think that means we got to start with episode 31 because it kicks off with a bang as far as things being woven into the narrative. Uh, episode 31, Keep Beach City Weird. Our namesake has <laughs> finally appeared on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Steven is taken in by Ronaldo's conspiracy theories with the paranormal occurrences in Beach City. So for those who have uh, maybe caught an earlier episode of our, our podcast or our fan cast, Keep Beach City Quarantine, 
um, we are uh, we're we're doing something different this time and continuing along. We are going to actually give just a little brief synopsis of each episode, like the little, like the one to two sentence uh, synopsis that IMDb gives. Basically, the thing I exactly just did exactly. for those who need to be in the know. Yeah. Uh, so this is a fun episode because it's very truther. Um, you know, like 9-11 was an inside job. Jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams um, kind of thing. Can I say that the current political climate retroactively makes me hate Ronaldo? Like, I really don't like him anymore. Like, I, not even a little bit. I, I, I have a little bit of a soft spot for him, but a little less after watching this episode. Like, I was like, oh, no, he's not as bad. He's not as bad. I remember and then telling you, like, episode, I don't like him. And you said, it's not that bad. There's things. He's not nearly as fedora tipping milady as you remember. But it's really not about that at all. It's about his his obsessive, compulsive need to be special and right at the cost of those around him. Yeah, that's and that's where I kind of like, yeah, I see that now. He's not as fedora milady like women should be in the kitchen, not in the streets, you know, or or in the streets, but not in the workplace. He's not so much that, but he's definitely like the conspiracies, man. That's what makes it so special to me. You know, like that definitely is there. So I even talk about it a little bit with Steven following along, getting completely sucked into his world without realizing that every single thing that Ronaldo showed him, that he was like, wow, so cool, so interesting, so deep, was just something he and the gems had done. He is the cause. He knows exactly what's going on. He is the conspiracy theory. And it's not even a conspiracy <laughs> theory. I, I love that uh, at the beginning of the episode, he's like, you need to have special clearance to be here. And he's like, can I have it? Granted. Like, I thought that was a cute moment. And but... they put Ziploc bags on their hands and feet. <laughs> I like Ronaldo is a. He is that kind of character, but he's harmless. See, I would think that too from the beginning of this episode. And then Stephen tries to make it up to Ronaldo for ruining his belief that there is more out there. And even Garnet says, you know, human beings of such short lives, they have to pretend that there is an enemy out there they can pin all the troubles on instead of just the entropy of time. And he's like, no, no, I can do this. I'm just going to strip, uh, <laughs> dress up like a snake man, and that'll convince Ronaldo it's okay. There's still mystery out there. And uh, Ronaldo. A smin. A smin. And Ronaldo beans him in the head with a potato, straps him to a chair in the lighthouse, and proceeds to interrogate him while his younger brother, P, sits there terrified of what his brother has become. It's it's all very creepy. It's very very bad. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like um I think uh is watermelon uh watermelon Steven in this chunk, yes. Okay. So that's later on. Um So I think yeah, that's the he's mostly harmless. He's mostly harmless until he is presented the opportunity to prove something and then he lets out that he will stop at nothing to do this like and then uh, even then yeah. his brother like helps him dive back into his conspiracy ways and we actually do get exactly what you were talking about earlier Aaron the idea that this show knows where it's going and is laying the foundation right now where yeah, Ronaldo finally gets one of his theories right yeah we're, we're not gonna say what or how uh because there's actually some kind of not 
big spoilers, but we're just going to say. Spoilers beyond our 10 episodes here. Well, yeah. And there's, yeah, there's a little bit of like mild, minor spoilers, uh, mild spoilers. And then there's some big spoilers. So we're just going to kind of leave it If you want to listen to his last conspiracy theory and just spin off from there, you will eventually find that the series is headed in that direction. Um, So moving on. Uh, Episode 32. Fusion cuisine. This Stephen is a... asks the gems to fuse together into Alexandrite and pretend to be his mother at a dinner with Connie's family. Uh, this is a fun episode. <laughs> um, it's it's a fusion, and I'm always happy to see a fusion. Always, always. Alexandrite. Um, I think the fusion between um, uh, Garnet and Pearl is probably my favorite. Um, because of just the looks and uh, the overall feel of it. But Alexandrite is such a cool, cool fusion anyways. Um, and Aaron, you said that you knew who the voice for Alexandrite was? No, no, no. That's for Stevani. Oh, okay. That's, that's later. Okay. Um, so we'll, and we'll, yeah, we'll discuss that when we get there. Excellent. Um, so th- this, is, this is a fun episode it's kind of, because it's kind of a uh, guess who's coming to dinner kind of thing. And Very much so. Uh, but it also reveals some inadequacies in Connie, too. Uh, shows some flaws in her. Not necessarily, like, bad things, but shows her to be a little bit more human. Um, and Connie is such a well-rounded and written character that it, it flows nicely. She is so afraid of disappointing her parents that she basically lies about Stephen and his family dynamic, uh, even though she loves it. Uh, she lies to the point where she says that he has a nuclear family, one mother and one father, even though he doesn't really have a mother because his mother gave up her corporeal form, which they reveal in this episode. And his father doesn't really even live with them. He, his father is still heavily involved in his life, but, but they just don't have that. What you would expect to be the quote unquote typical family. And Connie so much stresses that it has to be this particular way that this is what, I thought they would be okay with. And it's revealed that it's not because Connie's ashamed of Stephen. It's that she realizes that if she doesn't give her parents a sanitized version of her friendship, they might not let her hang out with him anymore. And it's um, it's kind of a uh, over-doting, um, over-protective uh, parental figure um, who they're not bad. They're, they're a lot of times, I mean, especially in kids' cartoons, the over-doting parent is usually portrayed as a bad thing. Um, I like to point out the uh, mother of Sam slash Squid in Rocket Power. His mom was a worrywart. She like was always worried about him getting hurt or getting sick. Um, and they like at one point there's a whole episode of him telling his mom where this like secret beach was, so that way she knew where he was, kind of thing. And um, and then it like it was supposed to be revealed that like the bullies knew where it was too, and this and that. And it was like a whole thing, but like whenever you actually saw her on screen, she was kind of a, a harping person too. Like she like oh you know you can't go out skateboarding with those hooligans, you know, kind of thing. Like um, the mother from it too. Um, like you can't play with them. You're you're far too sick. I don't even have a cough. No, no, you're too sick. Like. Your mother is your only friend. They do yeah. a good job of, of humanizing Connie's mom. Exactly. Her, her mom is protective because this is their child. This is their child, which, you know, parents have every right to be protective of their children. 
but there's there's a level when you, they can take it too far, and they they toe that line pretty well. And I think, um, and especially because they're she's an only child too, that kind of thing can get uh, overdone. Um, as an only child, my parents never they they could be overprotective and underprotective at times. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, Aaron, you can go uh, hang out at three o'clock, or sorry, until. Uh, 11 o'clock at night as long as until the uh, lamps are on but then as soon as those lamps were on my mom was standing at the door so it, you know it was kind of a trade-off um but, i do like Stephen going through each of the gems and saying their pros and cons about how they could come to a dinner party uh <laughs> just pearl how she has every qualification but you can't eat why don't, so, why don't you just say like she is on a diet and like she is like she cannot eat could have said that um, the voice actress behind Alexandrite is Rita Rani Ahuja. Uh, she's actually a uh, director. Like, she's a director that's done a bunch of short films and full films. She's a producer. She's a director. She just looks like this really awesome person. I'm just reading up on her on the Steven Universe wiki. Uh, and, I, <laughs> I, and again, like, I think that's cool. Every time they bring in a fusion, the interesting people, they get to voice them. And, and uh, Rebecca Sugar and and or the the casting department for the show do a really good job at casting because it's never like just a big name like hey and you know voicing um you know Chad is gonna be Chad Michael Murray or you know <laughs> um voicing Steven is you know this uh or uh, voicing Connie is Jojo. Uh, Sawa or something like that. You know, it, it's not just the flavor of the month. Just because they might be a big name doesn't mean anything. Because I I personally love Estelle, and I'm excited to see that she's in the show. But her style of acting really flows into um, Garnet. Not Garnet. Yeah. yeah, I said Garnet. I meant Pearl earlier. Pearl and um, Pearl and Amethyst. Uh, for the fusion mm-hmm. um but when she acts like these three actresses I, I i had never seen them act before yeah and they do a really good job here yeah. i don't think i think you're right aaron it's not uh throwaway casting it seems deliberate yeah it seems careful you even have freaking sinbad and sinbad is done well or like the fanboy in me is super excited you have freaking joel robinson and he still does a great job. This is this is like almost peak casting for a, a for a TV show. It's no part that I have seen so far is ill cast at all. So I'm 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 excited to as we continue along and like there are some newer characters. So I'm excited excited to get back into them a little bit too. But like I'm excited to see them come back and like kind of get a better appreciation of them. So. Getting back into the actual episode, uh, you know, with Alexandre, um, it's very cool because, um, <laughs> she sure did a, a good point. job. Like the um, the fusions, the each of the fusions is a is a mix of the personalities. You know, like, um, you know, Garnet is very cool and um, composed uh amethyst is very wild and does what she wants so when you mix them together you have this like insanely powerful person but can sometimes give in to those baser instincts 
uh, Garnet and Pearl, we actually haven't seen yet, but we see later on down the line. Um, but Pearl, it makes sense. Yeah. Pearl and, um, and Amethyst is a very graceful, but almost withdrawn person, but very loving, which Amethyst is loving. She just shows her love in a different way. So it's it's a very interesting way to show mixes of personalities. We talked about that before, how we have the teacher, the mother, and the friend. The yeah. three types of love. Exactly. Uh, we see a lot more of that, I think, in 33, Garnet's universe. When Garnet returns from a mission, Stephen imagines a story about what she did all day. This is such a cute episode. So cute. And I love the animation style. I kind of want to see them like have an offshoot, like the animation like department. Like missing frames, very... It's peak anime. It, uh, it's peak kid anime. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, there. It's there's some draws or some um, sorry similarities to the show itself. Um, it's a really cool thing is the uh, actors who play these side characters are actually like Amethyst and Hoppy Pearl. And Hopper. Exactly. Are Amethyst and Pearl. Um, the fox is Lars, and then of course, Onion Ringu is. Um, Ronaldo is Ronaldo, so it's very interesting to see that they, they had this whole story. It is such a neat little story, too. Huh? Didn't see that coming. Well, okay, let's fight him. <laughs> <laughs> you I, see your fish is leveling up over nine thousand. You note how they didn't say nine thousand; they skipped from seven thousand to eight thousand to ten thousand. They knew it. It, it was a direct reference, <laughs> but yeah, it was absolutely a reference. Yeah. I, I think you're right. The animation style is really super cute. It actually made me think of a video game. Oh, yeah. There was definitely reference, or there was definitely influences of that, too. And I do like the, the pivot. And it makes sense to have Ronaldo be that person to pivot at the end and be like, no, I have supreme power now. I bring you into my ring space and let me fight you. <laughs> and, and you talk about some cool concepts, too, like ring space and having like this interesting little twist, too, because. Um, uh, Onion Ringu is actually dressed as a traditional monk who would be in charge of a temple like that. So it's the subterfuge of it all. Yeah, it's a it's a cute little episode, and I like how Garnet plays along with mostly most of it. And uh, keeps pulling out this picture of Stephen. I have someone to get back to that I love very much, perhaps most in the entire world. <laughs> it's so well. What done. any child would do with their parent, right, Mom? Right. I mean, that's why you came back home because you love me the best, right, Mom? So you got to wonder, like, whenever they have these uh, movies or whatever, when they're like, I have to get back to my daughter. I have to get back to my son. And it's then it's always like, I have something to fight for my son. And it's like, is it, being told, is it being told from their perspective? Yeah, at some point it feels that way. Yes, very self-gratifying in that way. So um, we've had some people kind of pop in and pop out. So uh, if you've just joined us, thank you so much. Uh, you know, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we're about Here. to get into the, I think, the top three favorite episodes of this chunk. Uh, so let's start with episode 34, Watermelon Steven. Oh, God, no. Oh, I love Watermelon Steven. Watermelon Steven is fun, but it's not nearly as fun. As, I Honestly, I like the previous episode more than I like Watermelon Steven. Watermelon Steven is important because it reminds us that, oh, yeah, Steven has these magic spit powers that can literally make <laughs> watermelon armies come to life, which is cool. I Yeah, but it still it, it, it reminds me of the that the writing 
staff or the writing uh, team do have these random uh, random ideas and they kind of just throw them out. And I mean, they revisit uh, the St- the watermelon Stevens uh, in a later episode, but mm-hmm. it's it's he so- sends them off, so they yeah. eventually show up on another island. Uh, for me, I like I like the sacrifice of it. I like little little baby watermelons. Uh, <laughs> so the gems don't realize that the watermelons are all fighting to protect Steven. If you hurt Steven, they'll attack you, and that's how it works. And I do love Ronaldo saying, Steven, am I in frame? As he's getting beat to death by watermelons. <laughs> so I can't interrupt the stream. Uh, and so... Oh, yeah, we know nothing about that. Absolutely not. So baby melon punches Steven and sacrifices himself to get them all to gang up on him instead and stop fighting and it's something very sad and poignant and surreal as Steven picks up this little fruit basket of a watermelon and tells them all to go away and then and just then, start eats his and baby then eats the watermelon <laughs> it's very good i don't know it's it maybe because it's surreal in the right kind of surreal in the way that cat fingers is too far i think that this yeah. one is just the right amount this definitely takes a step back towards realism versus surrealism Whereas there's a, an episode at the very end of this season which goes deep into surrealism. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, they they even make reference to that. So Yeah. It's a simple episode, but I think an important little setup about Stephen's powers and where the watermelon Stephen's go from here. So when they show up later, it's not a weird, like, now what are all these things that, what? What? <laughs> what what's going on? Huh? huh what? What? Uh, episode 35. Line three, straight to video. Straight to video. Uh, we didn't give it a synopsis on the last one, so we'll have to jump. Uh, we'll make sure. To I think do "Watermelon Stephen" is a really evocative title, and there couldn't be much else to it. But <laughs> line three, straight to video. Lion keeps lying on Stephen's face while he's sleeping, leading Stephen to discover a pocket dimension in Lion's mane. This episode was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Short Form Animation. Um, absolutely deserved. Absolutely. 100%. Like, it starts so slow. It's such a slow burn, but there is some really great moments in this. Um, Pearl. Like, Pearl like, pretty much being Edward from Twilight. Yeah. I like watching you sleep every night, all the time. <laughs> like, I sometimes, uh, a good chunk of the time, all the time like watching you sleep it is such a great little just moment that they have with this i i just i love it um but beyond that the message that this whole thing has which a as a cat owner it just it's it just rings true it's too real it's too real i'm being personally attacked like i'm in this video and i don't i and i don't like it uh <laughs> i but the thing is is like a it shows that line listens to steven um and can show but there's so many like like at one point when he finally kind of accepts what's going on um so steven enters into this pocket dimension um, after kind of not really understanding what's going on, and he finally like sticks his head, like basically lion sleeps on his face, and then he like sinks into his mane, like more than just like oh he's so sad fairy. It's like he's actually going into this pocket dimension, kind of like how the sword comes out of his head, and yeah, like, where does that all fit inside his body? Pocket dimension, pocket dimension. So you can actually, um, he actually gets to visit the pocket dimension, uh, and there's so many 
things in there. So and many. There's a reference to an upcoming episode. There's like six upcoming episodes. Yeah. And like I only like really caught one or two, but like there is one that like the one thing that he pulled out was a videotape set that said for Steven. And it was and I was like, oh wait, maybe I have to go back on my statement of like why didn't Rose Court say like, hey, Steven, I'm going to not be here when you're when you are. So here's some you know, like some tips, some tricks, some, you know, like I, here's some help. You know, th- this is as close as she got. And I, I don't know why she didn't do. I still don't know why she didn't do it. But this was still a very poignant moment. And it, God, I don't know if there's a dry eye in a house after watching this moment because. And it even ties in nicely to Sadie's story. Oh, like absolutely. it's just this quiet moment beforehand of being like, yeah, my mom makes me lunches. I told her not to. I don't need him. I'm a big kid now. And I'm after- a big kid now. <laughs> and afterwards, her realizing that, you know, maybe it's okay to have a mom who still treats you like their kid. Maybe it's okay to have a mom who loves you. Like we're we're not gonna say what happens during the videotape because it's so beautiful and you so just gotta sweet. experience it for yourself. There but, are a bunch of things inside Lions Maine. We have a, a rose quartz banner torn up from war. We have a bubbled gem. We have a Mr. Universe T-shirt, one of Greg's <laughs> T-shirts, which I think is so cute to have there. Uh, her sword, obviously, yep. hanging out in there. Um, there's there's so many little hidden Which, things. It feels like a secret place for rose quartz. It is because it should because I think the gems can actually possibly at some point access her room. But this is not her room. It's, this is no, no, no. Else. It's not. That's why she trusts Lion with it. So it shows that Lion is something else. Yeah, like I don't think we ever got to that point no, in our original we, watching. What is Lion. Why was Lion out in the middle of the desert? Why does Lion have Rose Quartz's stuff? Like, what was the connection between them? I I have theories still. Yeah, and as far as I can tell, Lion is not a gem. He's not a. I don't see anything on him. And they, if they are hiding it, I mean, Stephen Six has hidden his mane like sixty times. So I feel like we would have seen it at some. No, point. No, he went into the pocket dimension. Yeah, which Lion has tr- uh, transportation powers, anyways, because he can yes. roar and create the. Um, the portals. portals and everything. So, but it's so beautiful. It is God. It's so beautiful. So yeah, absolutely deserved. Episode thirty six, my favorite, alone together, while practicing how to fuse with the gems. It's gonna be hard. Stephen accidentally these two. fuses with Connie, forming an unprecedented gem human fusion named Stevani. Stevani is my crush. Savani is amazing. <laughs> uh, it's going to be really, really hard to pick between um, Lion 3, uh, Straight to Video, and Alone Together. Because both of these are so, it's I don't want to so say groundbreaking, but they're both well done. Stevani is an experience. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, but there is some amazing moments in line three so we'll 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 talk about this uh the comparisons a little bit more at the end um but the biggest thing is alone together shows a deeper relationship between connie and steven um steven understanding fusions a little bit more and trying to fuse with the gems 
I think failing, failing, failing every time. single time. Because they, the, the gems only know how they fuse. They know how they dance. They know how they do it, and that's just not what Steven does. Steven has a, you have to learn your own way of dancing. Exactly, and and he does, and he and he comes, and they do a fun little, you know, together dance, and it's so beautiful. My, uh, my only thing is is. Steven is the first gem fusion hybrid. Correct. And then this is the first gem human human, human fusion. fusion. <laughs> it's a lot it's, it's a lot on the tongue. It's getting a little complicated. <laughs> yeah. It's curious to me because so far as I know, I don't know if um Rose Quartz and Greg ever fused. I don't think they did or so we maybe don't it was know too how separate. because so um, few, maybe gem and human we, could never, but a gem human and a human could. Yeah. Now we don't know exactly the process how, of how Stephen is made at this point, or uh, in our initial viewing viewing because um, Stephen uh, at one point you've seen we've to this point we have seen Rose Court. Grows quartz pregnant, but we've not understood the process, um, you know, the insemination and everything like that. Uh, which I don't know how that would work, but obviously, it is some sort of they do have a physical component, uh, when they are there. Um, but well, the we, fusions are a physical component, exactly. So, uh, but like even like when Pearl is standing there and she gets injured and the head gets bubbled or, or um, you know all that stuff, she it, it, there there is physical components to this. <sighs> but that's that's getting de- deep into some stuff that we may not even ever find out. What this is is an experience because it's so funny to see the crystal gems react to Stefani. And Garnet just beaming, absolutely adoring Stefani. It's like you are not one person. You're not two people. You are an experience, and it's just so. They let us still finally have some emotions. Have <laughs> some gosh dang emotion. She's had emotion. <laughs> no, it was. It's fun to have her get a little louder because normally Garnet's so quiet. Yeah, she's powerful. usually pretty even keel, or like she's having a shout over the environment. But this was definitely a, a moment for her to kind of like. We will not spoil why Garnet loves Stevani quite so no. much, but I want you to remember Garnet's reactions to all of this when we get to the last episode of season one. Uh, near. Near, very near. Yeah. It's gonna. It's all gonna become Wh- clear. But which it's so we'll very actually good. probably get to in the next uh, quadrant. We might, or not quadrant, but the next uh, <laughs> section. Next quadrangle. Quadrangle. Uh, I love it. I also really like it because when we look at Stevani, the whole point of why they danced together in the first place was that Connie had never danced, and she's afraid to dance. People are looking at her. It's weird. So her and Steven dance together, and it's fun and intimate, and they have a nice time. Then when they hear about a dance party, they go to it, and while they're there dancing, they're they're like they're realizing to themselves, this is this this I should like this. This is what going to a cool party is. Why don't I like this? And there's just something so raw about that, about going to the cool party and being like, 
I don't belong here. And not in a self-deprecating way, but in a, this isn't what I thought it would be. I wanted it to be this one thing. It isn't that one thing. I've been told something and it's a lie. And I mean, even the title suggests it alone together. And um, I mean, there's been parties that I've been to or gatherings that I've been to. And it's like, it's very easy to feel isolated, even in a group of people. Um, it's, it's a very, um, it's a very, very, very harrowing experience, experience because it's, uh, it can like cut you to the bone and, and it's so weird to have like when two people are like that, Steven isn't going to feel like that most of the time. Uh, cause he's a little bit more happy go lucky than Connie and Connie is a lot more self-aware and self-conscious so Stevani is going to not understand why this isn't gonna isn't working because you know Connie wants to be with Steven and Steven wants to be with Connie but Steven wants to be with everybody. He doesn't care. He just wants to be with everybody. And um I do like that they bring in that just <laughs> This asshole guy that we never see again and haven't seen before, Kevin, I, Kevin what was it, just I, walks up to her like, we're angels walking among trash. We belong together. I'm like, you are every awful human being I've I want to call him Chad. He's, he's a he, Chad. He's a Chad. He's such a Chad. Uh, uh, or Keith. Um, <laughs> but he's definitely one of those like, like. Oh, I'm hot. You're hot. We definitely have to be together. Yeah, one of those awful people who like base things solely on looks. Yeah, it was just funny because Stevani kind of elicits that reaction among most of the people that she comes in contact with. She goes to the big dinner dar- dar- with Lars and Sadie, and both of them are like they. They come in contact. Yeah, with. Uh, uh, Stevani goes to the big donut and comes in contact with Lars and Sadie, and they both have very <laughs> sweet reactions to her. Yeah, they both. Uh, so both. Lars and Sadie like have like it's like oh my god and it's so <laughs> cute and and I mean Stevani is incredibly gorgeous and and it's and it's a unique amalgamation of Stephen and Connie you and, can see both of them in like yep. it's not like it's just one or the other yeah and it's it's a again this is where these this character creation or the the animation department really is just flexing some big muscles and it's not even a weird flex uh it is a really really well done flex so good flex um before we move on stefani's voice actress yes catra (gasps) yep oh it is catra so um for, Uh. for those of you who have not watched uh or, or or have watched this or anything like that. The voice actress for Stevani is AJ uh, Michaela or Michaelia, um, who also does Catra on the revamp, redub, rebooted Shira and the Princesses of Power. If you ain't watching Shira, I don't know what you're doing with your time. Ugh, Shira. I'm a I'm <sighs> a straight white dude, as uh, those who are watching. I uh, can tell. I love that show. That show is awesome. So good. It is so well done. Like the first season is like pick you up and make you go, and each subsequent season has just been uh, as good. Like there She-Ra are and Steven Universe. Like Shira, the revamp of Shira could not have existed without Steven Universe. I'm gonna stand by that because both of them have 
this way of tricking you into sci-fi. I'm not a sci-fi <laughs> gal. Like, I'm not interested in sci-fi. It doesn't really interest me. That's why I like, I guess, Star Wars more than Star Trek because Star Wars is fantasy, not sci-fi. They're, I mean, they're in space, but that's such a it's s- it, an unimportant. It's relevant. a high fantasy sci-fi. It's it's a mix between the two. Yeah. So if you're gonna introduce things like space travel and aliens, which is fine, you've got to wrap it up in a package for me because I'm a pleb and I just will not pick up a book just because it has a spaceship on the cover. So yeah. I like that both of those shows work it that way, where it's magic and technology fusion hybrid sort of thing. And there's definitely some um, some similarities in characters and development and stuff like that between the two shows. But there, and I mean that's the, the similarities are it's there, but it's very small. It's not like they're the they're the exact same show by any means. Because no. by God, are they completely off? Not completely opposite, but like two completely different shows. And Scorpio is too good for this world, and too good for Catra, and she needs a friend. I'll be her friend. There are some amazing points for Shira, and there are some amazing points for Steven Universe. So, uh, if you are a fan of Steven Universe, go watch Shira. It's on Netflix. Um, I think it's three seasons, four, four seasons. Now they were really clever. Uh, no, got clever. They were really mean because they would do a season and then three months later, out of the blue, with no fanfare, like new seasons here. Like what? What? <laughs> and they're and they're they're a little short. I think it's like only seven to nine episodes long. They're very short, but absolutely recommend. And the art style is very very well done um it's still... we actually have talked about shira before if you yeah the to, first season we have a marriage the idea we did do a retrospective on the first season after we finished it yeah it's very still 80s inspired because you know shira came out in the 80s it has a lot of like the um high neon kind of colors and and uh, pastels and stuff like that um but it's just check it out it's well done well 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 done all right so um, cool little connection between the two. That is a great connection. Thank you so much for sharing that. I and and waiting it. until I until Thank now. You. I needed to know this. I needed to know this. Oh, yep. so good. Uh, which Catra is a great character. Oh, is one Catra. of those. Catra is one of those characters. Like you don't want to hate her, but you like. I love to hate her. Love to despise her, kind uh, of thing. And you pity her, and she would hate that you pity her. <laughs> Episode thirty-seven, Warp Tour. Steven becomes uneasy after seeing an unknown object traveling a warp stream, despite the gem's attempts to disprove his claims. And they learn that the source of the mysterious objects is Peridot, a gem from Gem Homeworld checking up on Earth. I, oh, Peridot. I found the so- source of this mysterious ticking noise. It's, <laughs> it's a an pie. army of robots! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh my gosh. This one's good. I really like it when the gems don't believe Steven, because usually in a kids say something happens adults don't believe them kid gets proven right narrative it feels a little forced and contrived but i do like this one because even garnet who should be you know like on his side is like steven i mean it's everything's fine you're fine and they're all like steven feels this way steven feels that way and he says i'm i'm not fine i know what i saw and you won't believe me uh and then of course he was right I loved that um, we actually saw a little bit of, like, Teenage Rebellion from Steven in this. Yeah. Uh, with having, uh, like, Steven be, like, mumble under his breath and then Pearl, like, picking up. What did you say? Oh, and, yeah. Like, Oof. Like, I, I saw your mother there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, and not, like, so much, like, you know, like, in a harpy or anything like that. It's more so, like, um, 
you, you have uh, young uh, brothers and or brothers who are going through their teen years right now. So it's if you mush under your breath, you best be ready to say it out loud because they will hear it and they will ask, "What did you just say to me?" Yeah, we uh, we were we were the there house. when that happened. We've Not seen a good that happen. Situation. So sound off in the comments if you adore Peridot because from this first episode, she's quite terrifying and cold yeah. and by the end of this it's amazing how they managed to transform her <laughs> that happens for a f quite a few characters um yeah. there's there's a character that we meet who becomes more involved late much later on who i do not see that happening with but it, it is there yeah so um and that's all we're gonna say about that um but peridot is definitely gonna be an interesting one to watch because we know what the end result is but again watching her from the beginning again it's like holy hell how do we like how do we end up uh, liking her <laughs> yeah exactly so um but we do finally get introduced to peridot and um some of her machinery so uh which she kind of reminds me of uh entrapta yeah i get that vibe too yeah not not like they're the exact same character but there's some similarities Round robots with multiple moving legs. Like again, the the, the similarities are getting a little weird. <laughs> understanding like AI better than like human intelligence. Yeah, exactly. I do like Stephen. Stephen, being such a sweet human, sees the little injured one coming up to Peridot. Like, oh, they're like her babies, and then she steps on it and squashes it. He's like, oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> Backpedal and point. No, she's not a mama. No, no, not a mama. <laughs> so, um. It's going to be interesting to, again, see this progression, but I am interested to see how um, this progresses beyond because where we ended uh, in our um, in our first viewing ends on a pretty big note. Mm -hmm. And there and I know some things that happen right after it. And I, I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm just, I'm just letting you know that some big things happen. So, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what, how this progresses. So, um, but it, I'm excited that Peridot has finally gotten into the picture. So, <laughs> episode thirty-eight, the test. Stephen finds out the lunar ceasefire mission from the third episode was meant to be a test of his ability to join the gems on missions. So he demands a new test. Oh, poor Steven. The pain. Oh, I'm guys, I'm so sorry I messed up that first mission. You would trust me so hard, and I failed. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, I mean, it was already probably going to fall. I mean, it was just a test to see if you're ready to go on future missions. Oops, did I say that out loud? <laughs> I, there, there are times when all three of these gems are just beautiful, beautiful beings, and I just can't help but want to squish their faces. And then there are times when they're complete and total jackasses. <laughs> this is one of those moments when they're complete and total jackasses. I understand the need for a test and maybe like a need for a test when he doesn't need to know about it. But you're the, like, they don't understand humans, but they understand them enough to not do that. I think by the end of the episode, they understand them enough to realize they don't understand them. They've, yeah. They've been around them all this time, and yet they still know so very little. Like, uh, Amethyst even says at one point, like, guys, we're failing at this. And, and like, they're like, no, we're, 
yeah we kind of are like all th- like the other two just kind of like yeah i think we are and it's just it, it's kind of a somber moment but they the, the explanation that they give afterwards is just it's it's a little heartbreaking and and it's i hate the progression that of what starts to happen afterwards because I wish it wasn't this exact way, but I don't know how else it could have progressed. Unfortunately. Um, I I don't like that. Steven is keeping secrets because it, it continues that it continues. He continues down this path. Well, I think at this one, this particular secret is almost like a reverse of a parent telling a white lie to a child. Yeah. He's telling a white lie to his parents. Like, oh, you guys, that was so tough and hard because he knows that they need the win more than he needs the win. He, I view it as a nice triumphant realization of his abilities that he's like, I did do a good job and I have done a good job and I will continue to do a good job. And right now I'm confident in that, but these gems aren't. So I need them to feel like they've, done right in this i i wish that they would kind of treat him a little bit less of a child and more adult because when they start doing that things progress a lot quicker for him um and that's that's assuming because of remembering the first uh uh the first viewing of the of the series but what i'm what I miss is when he starts to be able to like get in control of his powers, but he has to go through a lot more in these next 10 episodes to get to that point. So unfortunately, some things have to happen for him to do that, including probably my least favorite episode of this whole season. So have we come to that one yet? No, we're going to get there. Yeah. And that's, and you'll, you'll know why. So, um, <laughs> But uh, the the thing is, is the, the gems don't know how humans work. And Steven is still learning how gems work. But, like, even with Warp Tour, they still hold too much back. And he has this almost idealistic view of the gems as a whole. He knows a little bit the gems come from space, but he doesn't know that there is a reason why they can't ever come back only revealed even even piecemeal with the last episode of this chunk episode 40 they finally at some point dabble a little bit more but it takes a long time for the truth to finally be pulled out and for you to realize oh it would be very bad if the off-world gems if the homeworld gems came here it would be the end there's a reason they can't come back and there's a reason why these are the only three gems in existence here on this planet and i'd like to point out it's like why like to show when Steven is brought this stuff, when this stuff is brought to his attention, how quickly he adapts to it and how easily he adapts to it. Now he is a kid. He is still immature and he still has a lot to learn and grow, but it's still, he still becomes better with it. And there's, there's things that he chooses to do and doesn't do right. And I, I understand that he is, um, he makes mistakes later on, but it it infuriates me like when all the stuff that I know, even with the little bit that I know, 
that they're still holding back. They're like, well, and they're only feeding him just little bits of information, and it, it, it infuriates me. But with this episode, um, this one kind of kind of gets my goat a little bit because they don't trust him, and this shows that they don't trust him to that point. Like they want to give him a test, but they're only going to give him a test under the right conditions. When I think back on this episode i think i have a different reaction to it than you do because for me this is like hearing an argument that your parents are having in the other room and then later when they come out not realizing you've heard the argument you you're just a little bit nicer you just take things a little bit easier on them it could be a fight about anything about how they didn't do this or they don't have that and then you come out and they find you've already set the table and you're already starting to like make dinner, and you never acknowledge it. You never say it was because I saw you were having a hard time, and that's why I did it. It's just, it's realizing how to be there for people, and just to just to be nice. For me, I think that's the peacekeeper role in my family. When I heard that someone was having a, a hard time, just to not to directly confront the problem because sometimes that's not what the person needs, and you can't help them with that. But just to show that you care in other ways, make life a little easier for them. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the difference between you and I and and our in our peacekeeping. I'm more of let's face this problem and move past it in in a lot of these situations. And for me, sometimes a problem isn't one that you can move past, so sometimes it just has to be forgotten for a while. And and, and sometimes direct, facing it directly head on is is not good, but a lot of times just forgetting about it or like ignoring it does not help either. So there are pros to cons in each. Um, so I, and it's, I'm kind of like, you know, whenever I hear my, especially now that I'm a lot older, um, but even when I was, you know, an older teenager and I would hear my parents argue, I would kind of step in and be like, all right, guys, let's get this thing solved because the sooner we, for them to get it solved, the better everything would be whereas it's like you would kind of like try to smooth things over to allow that journey to um be better whereas it's like with me it's like kind of shorten the journey it might still be rough in between but shorten it all the same so from and so i'm i would i would have been like the angry steven until he you know heard the them talking and you're the steven after that so given some nice insight into our relationship and our family dilemmas yeah episode 39 future vision steven learns that garnet can see into the future and becomes paranoid about the possible dangers around him this is um this is a good insight into garnet um but i i feel it like weakens steven too much because um i i keep coming back on to steven um i mean i think it's because you relate to that character most I well, I did like uh, the me and three, and I did um, <laughs> uh, I did Chris Pratt's character from uh, Parks and Rec because I can be goofy and lovable, but I try try my best. Um, Marshall from How I Met Your Mother because I am Marshall pretty much, um, and then Stephen. I was like, I think Stephen. It was either Stephen or um, <laughs> Burt Macklin. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, one of those two, I like, I kind of struggled with, but like, once I kind of figured it's like, I really like Steven because uh, I really relate to Steven because I like to try to be the peacekeeper. I get a little bit more angry than he does. 
Um, but I, I do really relate to him. Um, and this is one of those situations where I feel this is where he's more of a kid and he, he gets too paranoid. And I, I get paranoid, too. And, I, you know, I've, I've gotten paranoid about this whole uh, quarantine situation. And, um, you know, I've been able to kind of breathe about it and take a step back. But it's it's still a very scary situation. So for me, this is Garnet's story. It, I know it's always focused on Steven because he's our protagonist. We follow along. But for me, at the end, when she says, you know what I saw? This. I saw this is exactly how you would take this. And I still told you because there was the hope that we'd be closer after this. She saw that this could end so, so very, very badly. And yet she still decided to tell him because she wanted to open up to him. I, and you can tell she does that because she takes off her glasses and she looks at him with her three eyes, which we never get to see. Yeah. I still feel like that was a little bit of uh, trying, just trying to get him off the roof, kind of talk him <laughs> off the ledge a little bit too. Uh, no, I didn't like, think that. Well, look at what happens right after. Is like, what was that? Nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I do think that one, she wanted to be closer to him. Two, he was going to get electrocuted if he stayed on the roof. So yeah. there, there were two. There was an emotional and a physical reason to get him <laughs> off the roof. <laughs> So and I'm and, and I think Garnet does genuinely want to be closer to Steven. So I, I agree with that. You, you know, I'm I'm not trying to be a curmudgeon or anything like that. Um I I would not call this my week my least favorite episode of this block, but um it, it I feel like it weakens him or it plays into that part of his personality a little bit too much. So I get you. What did we wrap that one up already? That was quick. <laughs> Did you, I mean, we can still talk about no, it. No, and I think that was, yeah. It's, I, I do like the the wasps keep coming back in his <laughs> fantasies. How are you back? We're magic wasps. Ting, 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 ting. <laughs> They're voiced by Lars, too, which is really funny. Oh, that's funny. I, gosh, the voice actor for Lars does a lot of different voices on this. Yeah, he, um, and it's kind of, I think it's kind of interesting, too, how even though Steven adores Lars, in his fantasies, Lars, or at least the interpretation of Lars slash the voice of Lars, show is kind of the antagonist. So yeah, I see that too. I do like. There is one possible outcome where you get a high five from Lars. There are two where you die by electrocution. <gasps> a high five from Lars. <laughs> and, it's, and then like sixty five where you get uh, burned. Scalding third degree burns. <laughs> like I am hotter than coffee. And <laughs> So, that, I mean, there are some very funny moments. And then, like, all the different situations where he is, including these giant, like, killer wasps that look like Beedrill. Yes. That's uh, what it was. Beedrills. Yeah. Episode 40, the last of the block, on the run. Stephen and Amethyst try out life on the road, and Amethyst reveals her origin to Stephen. She was created on Earth as part of the original gem colonization of the planet this is such a powerhouse episode it's so sad and this is this is such a big one to end on too it's gonna be hard to like i i know it was hard for us to kind of like stop there because like this is definitely one of those situations where like we easily just kind of could have kept watching and it was so hard to not um we um this and this is definitely one of those episodes that like would keep us trekking along and keep us watching. Um, powerhouse performances it's from so, all three of them. It's very good because it's been laid out 
you know, Amethyst is kind of the odd one out in the, this group. With Steven, it's not quite so much. He tends to balance these things out because they're both kid-like in that way. Um, and it turns out she is young by comparison. Like, she is very young. And that her story ties into what the gems are fighting. Like, that's just really tragic that the thing, what Amethyst is, is what she is trying to stop ever happening again what she is is intrinsically tied into the reason that she left to fight alongside the crystal gems it's it's heartbreaking and it's like such she's such at odds and at war with herself when they have to talk about the reason why we do this is the reason why you're here like this is it's absolutely part of you and you know pearl has to come to that realization she just does not realize again sometimes this lack of basic understanding of human emotions just realizing that the more she talks about the bad thing that made amethyst the more amethyst thinks that pearl is calling her bad and it's yeah and and it and i don't and it'll be interesting to see their relationship after this point because they're they were very butting heads together um, there was one point where they kind of like, oh, you know, you you fought so well. It looks like you had a little bit of um, strategy, strategy going on there. Oh, like you fought really coolly and you know, all this. And it was like how you killed that guy was so cool, you know. Um, but both of these actresses just are turning in like Pearl being motherly to this person that she considers an ally and a teammate and you know, a lot of times, you know, an annoyance, but, you know, someone that she trusts fully or at least as full as she can. And it's and it's tough for her to, like, look at this person as someone who could have, you know, a weakness in a situation. And it's tough for her. Um, But and then Amethyst, you know, basically laying all of these emotions out on the line and saying, I hate it when you say that these were mistakes because you're basically saying I'm a mistake. And, and, you know, Pearl's like, yes, this was a mistake, but you are the best thing that came out of this situation. I, I thought you knew that. And I'm sorry that you didn't. And it, and it was beautiful that moment. And, and, and it also showed how um, crazed Amethyst, Amethyst could be. And, and, it, and, it, and I think it was genuine. Like when she wanted to show him or show Steven, like, where she came from she's like this is my valley oh look this is my climbing rock and that's the rock i punched into two and and like and this and she's that so very happy about it and the show does a really great job of showing that she is both genuine about her origins and the existential dread of this cavern in the earth where these dna injectors have been crafting gems out of the rock and just the thousands of holes all over and the millions of armed soldiers that must have existed before this battle came to pass there is some like like all the colors are muted when they go in there it's like it's almost like the 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 swamp of sadness from a nevering story which we have actually not seen we just know about it and it's it's very tough to to watch because like you uh, we've only seen amethyst is this like you know very headstrong and uh assured uh mostly uh self-assured uh individual with you know until pretty much until like uh the puma um uh purple puma 
she's pretty much just like, what's up, dude? You know, she's a really cool person. Um, not one that you would always trust, you know, especially like with, you know, choking or joking victim. But <laughs> she's definitely someone that like, you know, you can put some trust in and would who probably would have your back in a fight if she trusts you. But she is definitely like when she breaks down and like has her crazed moment and then has her very weak moments, it's 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 hard to watch it and then it's hard it's hard to watch pearl like struggle to find the right words because it it's it's a very raw time for both of them and the fact that they kind of come out of she has this hole that she basically just emerges from um as she as they both kind of emerge from the hole it's a very beautiful moment because you know pearl stands there kind of awkwardly and then amethyst hugs her yeah and it's and it's it's very very sweet and and you can tell that Stephen is just like and Stephen is like you need to get in there and you need to talk to her and it's not like him trying to patch things up between the two of them it's you need to get in there and you need to do it and it's like and it I think that's one of the first big signs or that I've seen no sorry the second one because I think the first one was with um uh the moon gem uh when he was like i don't want to fight and he summons rose's shield uh, of him kind of encompassing his mother a little bit more or his mother's personality a little bit more um his mother shining through just a little yeah, bit yeah his way so. that he works with lapis kind of comes over here to how he gets the two of them to reconcile make nice exactly get in that hole and figure things out yeah it's like you and like I think Garnet does what she can, but her personality is intrinsically not that. She's kind of like that cool, you know, um, first mate, kind of like a, a Mr. Arrow kind of thing, um, kind of reminiscent of uh, Treasure Planet kind of thing, um, where, you know, she like she could lead, but she ch kind of chooses not to. I mean, she is the leader right now, but she could she could. Lead, she, wants, like, she wants her friends to figure out how to do things on their own even yeah. the secret club is like that like figure your shit out like get some get this working you, you've gotta you, i won't always be around figure out how to make it work on your own get your shit together <laughs> all right do you want to talk about the upcoming episodes um the titles of what's coming up because uh, i am looking through and i do believe we are going to have to. There are thirteen episodes left. I think in we're just gonna one. I think we have to stop at fifty and do the last three together in one big episode because. Oh, but I one mean, of them a lot of sucks. Stuff. One of them sucks. What are you talking about? Look at the very last one. Uh, the very last one. I mean, no, that's a very good one. The very last one is very good. Uh, you might be thinking of say uncle. That is not the last one. That so. is the exact one I'm looking. But it's not of. the last one, and it's non-canonical, so that's it's not yeah. relevant to the discussion. Um, I don't, I don't really want to split it up. I think we should just watch it all and just kind of, um, maybe try to spend a little less time on the other ones and try to flow into those because the, I. Well, here are the last thirteen episodes of season one. Okay. Horror Club. Winter forecast. Maximum Capacity, Marble Madness, Rose's Scabbard, hmm. Open Book, Shirt Club. Oh, that's in season one? Yep. Oh, that's a good episode. Say Uncle. Uh, 
That's going to be my least favorite the entire season. Story for Steven. Hmm. The message, political power, the return, part one, and jailbreak, part two. Um, I could now. I would be possibly willing. The season finale, I think, should be its well, own. No, I, I'm no. I'm I'm willing to possibly split into six episodes and maybe like do six and seven uh, or seven and six. Fair enough. Um, instead of doing ten and three, because I I because again, say uncle is right near the end, and it's like, bleh. <laughs> All right then. Well, I think splitting up in half would be fine. Okay, so that's I think that so that's what we'll do for these thoughts because it'll also kind of get us into the flow for um the upcoming ones because we're gonna do blocks of five or six. Yeah, because epi- uh, season two. Uh, only has 54 to 78 so that means there's only 24 episodes yeah. in season two so yeah there's there's i think it's like 24 25 26 is like the around the numbers of like season two through four so all right so if you're trying to catch up next week you have less to worry about <laughs> quote unquote less to stress about your assignment is smaller because we have more to cover uh yeah. but we're gonna be covering uh episodes there will be a pop quiz 41 through 46 in next week's episode and that'll be again the late gratification that'll be tuesdays at five here on the facebook page at marriage the idea reviews um so before we wrap up do you want to talk about uh top top two to three episodes well we get a new song in this one on the run we have amethyst and steven both singing about it I, i do love steven talking about this series of books, which I mean, is it's the Boxcar Children, and I love that it's, they. It's a mix between Boxcar and, and Hardy, the Hardy Boys. Boys, yeah, because yeah. they solve mysteries as they ride in the box with cars. their bindle sticks. It's yeah. so funny, and they're like, he's like, why do all the cartoons make hay look so soft and inviting? It's, it's very soft. It's very scratchy. It's so scratchy. Um, I think that my favorite one. I know what yours is, but I think I have to go alone together. That's got to be my favorite one. It's the one I always think of, and it's always so evocative to me i i just love it well i it, it's probably alone together and then line three isn't it mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, yeah i'll be the opposite just to kind of uh give a little bit of i don't know variety <laughs> um but the only the only reason is because even though i love stefani and the the entirety of the episode i wasn't 100 percent crazy on how it ended line three from beginning to end is almost perfect. Mm. Yeah, I like how Alone Together ends because I think it it's it's so reflective of just not being sure of who you are and just rebelling just by making your body do weird jerky motions. Like, I mean, dance. Uh, you know, I don't think we talked about this last episode, and if we did, I do apologize. But dance is such an intimate expression of the body and from such a young age we're told how to move our bodies we're told to sit still we're especially told by not... a, a little band called eiffel 65 move your body every everybody move. i love you don't ever change 
so dance and our bodies are policed so early in our lives about how we're supposed to move and walk from place to place. Don't do it that way. That's not right. Do it like this. Leave room for Jesus. Yeah, and even in a dance class, you're told your body, you're supposed to move your body in certain ways. And there's such a breakdown when you go from ballet dance to modern dance where suddenly you're allowed to make weird jerky motions with your body and there are no rules, quote unquote. You have greater movement, freedom of expression. Move from one side of the room to the other and you're allowed to just go weird and crazy. And you can see the kids who have grown up with strict ballet rules and dance being like, I don't know what to do here. And the people who are like sports people just being like, kick, punch, roll, and just like careening across the room. And it's just, it's a freeing expression. So when Stevani starts dancing just like a mad person without like rhythm or form or function, it's such a freeing expression. To me, that's like such a physical rebellion. Well, and, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's, it's interesting to see that, like, because I don't know if if Connie has dance experience, and she never really. She says that she's never danced before. But like in a in a dance setting, like where you go to a dance, but they never talk about like if she's taken dance class. And she's she's definitely a a tennis player, um, and she has these kind of mo- uh, motions. So her having her body loose and you know moving through, you know, like to you know swing a tennis racket takes more than just your arm it takes your your forearm your back arm or sorry your forearm your upper arm your chest your core it takes a lot um but you know it, it definitely looked like there might have been more than just steven going, yeah all right steven dancing but steven is so free-flowing anyway so having maybe a little bit of that flowed into there so um, in 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 this series alone too, dance is means more than just dancing. Yeah, and we we I think we've definitely we talked did about talk this. about that last yeah. time. Yeah, dance is is super important, and it is like in the real world too. So it's not like she's pulling this out of nowhere. Like there's a reason the movement of your body is a physical expression of who you are, and people see that and instantly form opinions about you based on that. So it's not a fool's errand to say that dance is really important yeah like you know they see a big large bearded man just going out there and going like this they can tell that he does not is not comfortable out on the dance floor even though his tiny wife always makes him go out and dance Um, always always four years ago always (laughs) we just danced in february (laughs) we went to a wedding you're supposed to dance at weddings (laughs) anyways um but even in this episode they kind of show like things uh that like the dancing in this ep- in this show means a, a, a little bit more than just dancing and and even pearls is like is this appropriate <laughs> <laughs> yeah like uh steven um it's a very intimate thing to fuse with somebody i'm uh i'm, I'm glad you did it now uh th- please stop please please stop <laughs> stop what you're doing can you can no, nope. can, can you keep, just stop? Leave room for Jesus, please. Because <laughs> um, like they they show emotions and like uh, like uh, and and like and it's so funny just them trying to show the the dance steps and it's and it's not easy and it's like it's like trying to watch a YouTube video and then like trying to repeat it and it's like you don't always immediately get it and like Liz and I are uh, taking 
or not taking or doing bow staff spending and stuff like that. And we were like doing a really complicated one. And we're like, this does not feel right. And it's just, it's, it's a very, um, it's very interesting to have that kind of stuff. And don't worry, we do it from the privacy of our backyards. We don't look like fools. Oh, uh, we look like fools, but it's fun. <laughs> um, and it's really kind of, I love the part where Amethyst is doing like her, her body roll, you know, from the, and the Stephen can't body roll. It's like, like it's so super is this, jerky is this it <laughs> is this a dance i dance yes yeah. um so it, it was very uh very interesting to see but i still um story character everything wise i gotta go lion three um i love uh alone together um i think that that is a very close number two whereas i think, I think a sucker for a rose quartz episode <sighs> You're such a sucker for Susan him. Egan, man. I know. Susan well, Egan. Yes. yes, I'm a sucker for Susan Egan too. So. But um, just start the beginning, uh, from start to end. Um, it's it's a slow burn, and I love like how it feels like he's in a dream at the beginning when he's getting his head put into the lion's mane, and uh, and then like the the pearl line, like I watch you sleep, and it's it's there. There are some really just witty i mean there's a reason why it was nominated i mean don't get me wrong alone together should have been nominated too like this is not a alone together is a less traditional story perhaps there is a reason why they did not (laughs) rebecca what is this well this is this looks gay to me oh no No, it's not gay they're just gems they don't have genders it's okay all right oh we're watching you make it gayer (laughs) <laughs> Rebecca Sugar, we love you. Um, that's why we're doing a fancast uh, about your awesome show. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I definitely have to say, I, I feel like I've done that exact bit before. You do. I think you do it every other episode so far. Well, keep a running tally. It's gonna show up again. Well, gotta give them what they want. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, uh, Lion Three just start the beginning. It's and because it's not just uh, Stephen and Rose episode, but it's also Sadie and her mom mm-hmm. who are adorable. So. Um, you know, uh, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. We've had a lot of people kind of come in and come out. We had a, a thing at one point, like 12 or 13 people watching. So that's awesome. Um, a baker's dozen of viewers. I love that. It was, uh, sharing it where I did, I think was really good. Um, as far as I know, it wasn't against the rules. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> at this point, but I actually forgot pretty... to share it on my personal page. So <laughs> at I'll this point, again. we're pretty far into the first season. We've passed the halfway marker. We're careening towards the end. And we hope that uh, by this point, if you haven't watched Steven Universe, you have started watching Steven Universe because it's very good. And the episodes are only 10 minutes long. So what cough, are you cough, waiting for? Garrett. No, it's okay. So I, I honestly just feel bad for people who are very nice and want to support us, but have no idea what we're going on about. <laughs> well, I think th- these um, things called gems, and they they dance, and then and they make other gems, what? and there's a lion. What? Why does that boy have a pink thing on his belly button? <laughs> um, so, and we we are still doing traditional episodes. Uh, we talked about it at the top of the uh, recording, or actually of the live stream. We uh, partnered up with uh, returning guests. Uh, and we'll be having that episode uploaded uh, next week. But maybe I'm sooner. Pu- I am not moving the schedule for you, Aaron. Come on, I will not move We're the markers. I will not move the markers for you. Come on, we have to play by the rules. Every other week is marriage to the idea. Every week, Tuesdays at five is the live stream of the Steven Universe Keep BCD Quarantine fan cast. So if you want to join, 
next week, same time, same place. and uh, Same beach channel. Same beach channel. Uh, not to be confused with Margaritaville on SiriusXM. Absolutely not. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, be sure to like our channel. Our, <laughs> our channel. <laughs> like our page, uh, Married's the Idea, so you can get updates about when we go live. We try to give you guys a heads up uh, about what time. We were just a little bit late today. Uh, so we appreciate those who have joined us and uh, liked and uh, commented. Uh, if those who are listening uh, want to share what their favorite Steven Universe episode of this block or yes, bef- you know, uh, this whole season, um, since we are getting close to the end, uh, we would love to see that. Uh, so again, thank you guys so much. And um, I'm trying to remember the ending. And as always, only you... Can keep Beach City quarantined. Stay safe, everybody.